Hi everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Bevelations, your weekly podcast of cocktails and conversations with Philadelphia's most fabulous. This is Bev. Welcome back for this hysterical episode with one of my best gal pals, my favorite Horialis, my whore from the north, Miss Aurora Horialis. Uh, but before we get to her interview, a little bit of business to attend to. So uh, for those of you that follow me on social media, you know that August is a very big month for me coming up. I will be traveling to Orlando to compete in the Miss Comedy Queen National Pageant uh, for the third year. And because of that and other weekly gigs and other obligations, I am going to be taking a little break from the podcast for the month of August. We will have an episode next week, and then I will see you kids again in September. Now, during the break, I'm going to ask you to send me messages on social media to let me know who you would like me to interview when we come back in the fall for the podcast. I do want to try to interview. I've tried to branch out a bit and include other members of the gay community that are not just uh, performance community, rather, that are not just drag queens. Uh, But I'm always interested in knowing what my listeners would like to hear and who they think I should have a chat with. So let me know. You can find me. Well, I'll give you my social shit at the end so you have a reason to listen. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Miss Aurora Horealis. Aurora Horealis snowshoed to Philadelphia five years ago from Alaska, the last frontier. She solidified her place as Philadelphia's most meh drag queen, competing in Drag Wars Cycle 3, All-Stars 2, as well as Miss Everything, placing fourth almost every time. She was a judge for the most recent cycle of Miss Everything at Taboo, and co-hosts and produces Philadelphia's only marijuana-themed drag show with the quasi-talented Lily St. Queer called Baked Alaska. You left out the title. I did. You can also find Aurora out of drag every Monday night as the host of Trivi Yaz, the gayest quizzo in the gayborhood at Taboo Lounge and Sports Bar. Hi, Aurora. Hey, Bev. How are you? I am doing very well. Welcome I'm... to my freezing cold apartment. It is freezing cold, and I have to admit that I apologize if I... Well, you're you're a skinny lady now, so <laughs> you're going to have to I just am. put on a fucking parka and deal with it. My, my life these days is just being, uh, you know, thin and, and smelly from the gym. So Thin and smelly. I, I smell like just a the way sample. most people at the bike stop like it. Exactly, and it's my favorite bar for a reason. <laughs> so hello, welcome. Thank you. you. You've been my friend for a bajillion years, but you you did one of the drag race recaps, right? Yeah, we. I was but here you with you had, in the show. You haven't had your full moment in the spotlight yet. This is the time. Look at this stuff, isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think your collection's complete? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a long time coming. I mean, I was wondering because we. Well, not wondering, but I knew it was going to happen. But you and I started doing drag in Philly. Together. I know. Well, we're going to get there, bitch. But let's start. <laughs> let's start before that. As I always say, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. You said it in your bio. You are from a, a far, far away land called Alaska, mm-hmm. Sarah Palin talk, territory. Talk to us about uh, to little baby. 
Little baby. Little baby Ruru. Yeah. <laughs> so I was born and raised in Anchorage, Close Alaska. The microphone, bitch. Swallow I, it. We're, we know you're well, swallowing well. shit. Uh, I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, and I was there all the way up until college. Um, I went, Where'd you go to school? I went to Bowdoin College um, up in Brunswick, Maine. So I went from one side of Canada to the oh, other. Oh, okay. So you went to fucking college <laughs> in Maine. Yeah. Okay. And why? Uh, because I wanted to get as far away from Alaska as okay. I could. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> and Maine seemed like a good option. And what did what did you major in in college? I was a double major in psychology in Spanish. <laughs> it's like one of those things that like I nobody not many people know that I was a psych major and like that was like my thing. But a lot of like my closer friends like once I've told them about it, they're like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. Like that is very much you. Like you are the kind of person that likes to pick people apart. That's funny. I didn't know you went all the way to fucking Maine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then from Maine, how the fuck did you wind up in Philadelphia? Yeah, it's a little bit weird. You know, I went, you know, after I graduated from college, I went back to Alaska. Um, my entire life. My so wait, wait, so what did you do in Alaska? Just like as a kid, what did you do? Oh. Uh, did you do theater? Were you in sports? What I did was, you do? I was just... A little and little baby faggot in the I fucking really, in the in the in the tundra of the north. I was really just a little baby faggot. I've always just been a very like I've always tried to be a very nice person. I was an only child for fourteen years. Okay, uh, and so I was an intention seeking only child for a very long time. And I realized early on that in order to get people to like you, you just had to be nice. Uh, and so I focused on being a nice person, always being nice to my teachers. You were a I was polite, a teacher's pet. You were a polite. You were you were an overachieving. I, Crowd-pleasing little homosexual, that just like every other little gay boy is. I was an I, archetype. I, I love a stereotype. it. I love it. That was a, that was hundred percent okay. me. So then, sorry, I, didn't, I interrupted you. No, so it's okay. What then, the what then brought you to um, Philadelphia? So after I graduated from college, I went back to Alaska. Um, my parents had always told me, like Antonio, you're going to move somewhere else. Like you're going to start your life somewhere. Um, and I was home for probably about four months. Um, I had a big falling out with my best friend at the time. Um, I, there was also like, just Alaska was an unhealthy place for me psychologically. This is like the crystal meth capital of the fucking world or something. I mean, shit. it <laughs> is, but like not Anchorage, <laughs> not Anchorage, like 40 minutes outside of Anchorage. Yes. That is meth capital of the country, but not in Anchorage. I didn't know anybody. I've, I've I've almost never met anybody who's done meth before. Well, okay. I've met people who've done it, but I've never known anyone. But well, they've who all did been it. in Philadelphia. Shout out! To, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout out to insert your name here. Um, you know who you hey, are. Hey, pretty girl. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. She doesn't like me. It's fine. Just kidding. it's the last place she'll be. The last place she'll be listening. Um, so I, you know, I had a decision, or I made a decision in October of 2012, that. By like summer 2013, I wanted to be somewhere else. I didn't really care where it was. I was open to Maine. I was open to Boston, New York City, D.C., right. Philly, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, Los right. Angeles, San Francisco. I just started applying for jobs. Um, fast forward two and a half weeks later, um, I had a job offer <laughs> from Philadelphia. Uh, so it was for a position working at a charter school in Center City um, with a woman who uh, went to the same college that I did. Um, they hired me without meeting me in person, which I thought was a little bit, you know, I was like, all right, girl, you don't know what you're getting into, but <laughs> go for it. Um, they asked me when I was able to move to Philly, and I was like, summer 2013. They were like, how about January 2nd? Um, so I took two weeks. I packed up my entire life in Alaska. I said my goodbyes to my family, 
to my friends there, um, and I packed up and I moved here. Um, I was very lucky. My best friend from college, he was still living at home at the time in Doylestown, um, and his parents opened up their home to me rent-free. They were incredibly accommodating and welcoming to me as I was trying to get my bearings in Philadelphia, Um, and three months later, he and I moved into our own apartment, and so almost five years later, we still live together. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Mm. exciting. So when did drag enter the the picture? So going back to me being an overachiever (laughs) and being involved in everything, uh, I don't think that it's much of a surprise that I was the president of the Queer Straight Alliance. um, (laughs) They had that in Alaska? In Maine. Oh, in in Maine. Maine, Okay. At college. Because we we didn't even have that shit in fucking rural rural, uh, Maryland. We had a GSA at my high school, but I wasn't out in high school, so I didn't really get myself involved with that too much. But uh, in college, my senior year, um, I was president of the Career Street Alliance, and every year the the QSA had a drag ball. Um, But it was always in the basement of a house. It was, like, advertised a lot, but, like, nobody went. Like, nobody went in drag. It was just, like, an uncomfortable dance party with, like, nine people. Um, And it was never a lot of fun. So I wanted to make my mission of my senior spring to make it a bigger deal Mm -hmm. um, than it actually was. So I was really good at getting the college to give me money for things. Um, So I was able to convince the college to give me money to bring Manila Luzon from Drag oh, Race Season 3 okay. I remember you me to Maine. Um, right. She was part of our series of events that we called Gape Roll. It was, uh, April was full. <laughs> Gape Roll. Gape Roll. It is gaping. My husband, Luke Rooms, just got us home. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome from the studio audience, Mr. Luke Rooms. <laughs> yes, Luke. Hello. Hello. Peek behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. You may remember Luke from ranting in the background of previous podcasts. <laughs> just one. Just one. But now Anyways. two. Now two. Um, so we brought Manila to Bowdoin. So Manila came all the way up to Maine. Um, and I had this kooky idea that, you know, a lot of students didn't really know about drag. They had seen RuPaul's Drag Race. We, we had just, the season three had just finished at that time, 2008. Or no, 2012. Just kidding. Um, and so I asked Manila to do a makeup workshop for students, mm-hmm. um, which she was very open to. And she did. It was like an hour and a half, two hour long workshop. Um, which must have been back in the days when she was nice. With like 20 <laughs> students, Just um, which was interesting because there were only there was only one other male identified student in the workshop with me. It was all everybody else was female identified. They just wanted to learn how drag queens did their makeup. Right. Um, and so Manila actually walked me through my first drag face. And so I, I kind of unofficially say that she's my quote-unquote drag mother. Um, she calls me Eskimo Fish, like still when I tweet at her. So she kind of remembers me. <laughs> she, she really likes my name. I think that my name has right. always been the high point of my drag, and everything else from there is downhill. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. But you performed, because I've seen videos, you performed in Alaska. Yeah, so that was drag. my senior spring. Okay. After I did the drag ball, um, which was beautiful, it was so much fun. It was the most well-attended drag ball that the QSA had ever had. We put it in a public space on campus right in the student center. Um you know, I got the college to give me the ungodly amount of money that Manila was charging. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah. And then we also had to pay for, like, her flights and for um, her hotel and for a per diem. I took her out to lunch the day that she was there, and so we, like, sat together and, like, talked for a long time. Um, and so after that experience, I was like, okay, I did drag once. I can knock it off my bucket list. I don't ever have to do it again. Um, I graduated, and I went back to Alaska, and I was pretty content just like living my life not doing any drag anymore mm-hmm. um something that's like a really big kind of thing in a lot of other cities not philadelphia um is have you ever heard of the imperial court system Mm-mm. 
So there is an Imperial Court of all of the Americas. It's really just an excuse for homosexuals to dress fancy um, and be philanthropic. <laughs> okay. So there are... You lost me at be philanthropic. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. There are courts in major cities all around the U.S., and uh, there's a couple of courts in Canada, and there's a court in Mexico, so it is the Imperial Court of all of the Americas. Nice. It of course. Just makes the cut. Just makes the cut. Um, but so a court, for example, every court has an emperor and an empress. And the emperor and empress are nom or nominated and elected by the community. And then they're supposed to be like community leaders. So it's like kind of like the pageant system. Right. Um, right, right but it's right. more focused on fundraising and like whatever your court's kind of focus is. So coronation was happening in Alaska. Um, Alaska has an emperor and empress, a prince, a princess, a duke, a duchess. Um, <laughs> sure. And then there's also the MGAs, which is the Mr. Miss Gay Alaska, and then also Mr. and Miss Gay Alaska for the trans contestants or the trans title holders. Um, and then there's also <laughs> there's also slush titles. So there's all these different titles that you can have, and you have to like campaign for them, and you have to like talk to people in the community. You have to get involved. Um, coronation. Um, whenever a city has a coronation, every city gets their own weekend of the year for coronation. It's a big deal. As a monarch, if if you are an emperor and empress, you are obligated to attend. I think at least two, maybe three coronations a year, or during your reign. Your reign is a year, so you have to go visit other cities. And if you're a visiting monarch, you have to host a fundraiser, which is usually just like make a special cocktail or a special shot, and then try to sell a bunch of them, and then give that money to the court. Um, so Sissy St. Clair who was, at the time, the empress of San Francisco. Um, she's a lovely person. She was doing, uh, she was selling hurricanes at Mad Myrna's, but they had it in this, like, big cooler, and you got, like, a little shot of a hurricane, and then in order to drink it, you had to lay on the pool table, and somebody stood over you. They stayed to stand straight up, too, and they had to pour the shot into your mouth from standing straight up, and so it, like, got on you, and it, like, dripped everywhere. And the funny thing about those hurricanes was that you could buy them for other people. Um, and I had just met Sissy, but we were like getting along really well. And I was like, Sissy, I'll get five for Sissy. <laughs> so I bought her five of those shots and she had to lay on that pool table as they poured five shots of hurricane all over her face and all over her. So she, after she got up, she's like, you know what, bitch? I'm having a fundraiser show tomorrow. You better be there in face and you better have a number ready. Um, and that was how Aurora came back out of the closet. Um, and I, okay. I got Samora Kant was with me. She had, she had recently started drag as well. So I convinced her to do drag with me that day. And that was the first time that I had done drag in, in Anchorage in Alaska. Oh, wow. And what'd you perform? I performed that night. I did, uh, Ooh, Ooh Baby by Britney Spears, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> which is a lesser known Britney Spears song, but probably my ooh, favorite. Ooh, baby, baby, touch, touch me in. a <laughs> Yes, that one yep. is my favorite. I just like I bump to it when I hear it. Um, I was really into those like lesser known pop songs. My first two songs that I ever performed in drag um, when I was at Bowdoin were Cannibal by Kesha okay. um, and Let's Be Friends So We Can Make Out by Emily Osment. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. It's Let's Be Friends So We but Can I Make Out. But I will say one of my favorite Britney Spears songs ever is fucking Toy Soldiers and no one ever yes. knows that fucking song. Yes, oh my God. Because I also, did you ever watch America's Best Dance Crew? when it was a thing on MTV. Yes. Um, do you remember Fanny Pack from season two? 
No, I they were the really gay '80s themed ones. I only remember the ones that wore the masks. That was what season was, one. That was the what are they called? The, the Jabberwockies. Jabberwockies. So yeah. season two, the I think the standouts of season two were the Fanny Pack. They were an '80s themed, very gay group. And um, <laughs> Britney Week, they actually got Toy Soldier and they danced like Toy Soldiers. Um, they had the little things on their feet so they couldn't move them, and it was amazing. I was obsessed with Fanny Pack. I actually brought them to Bowdoin. I ended up working for them for an entire summer while I was at college. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Beth. That's fun. So um, let's go to that night that I just met a, a, a young, fresh, fresh-faced Aurora mm-hmm. at Taboo at, what was that show? It was, I, uh, it was wasn't it, it was, Thank Goddess, it's OMG? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to say it was, it was ISIS's show it was ISIS and, and, and OMG. Back when they used to have their monthly. I miss that monthly. And if, if Rudy, if you're listening, OMG needs to come back. Oh, my God, Rudy. The notorious OMG. I need to get that homosexual on a microphone again. That would be fucking entertaining. You really fucking do. Rudy she's, can tell you some stories. You just wind her up. Speaking of toy soldiers, you just wind her up and let her off and running. Well, probably my favorite. Shout out to Rudy Fleischer. My, my favorite homosexual in Philadelphia. He's he's And now she's... Now she's a leather queen and a, yes. t- a title holder herself. She's, she's, she's still got them nails she's though. The nails will never nails. go away. That but pre- no, that, I remember. I don't know who. I don't I'm know. Fucking nails. Okay. And then suddenly, uh, the loud southern homosexual pipes up from the background. Hi, Luke. Are you drunk? He asks me that every time he sees me. Just because I just got out of rehearsal, he thinks I'm. Because you just yell in the background, I just assume that you're intoxicated. I live with you. I have to yell to be heard. Okay. Mommy, daddy, stop fighting. No, we're fine. This is mild for us. So, (laughs) so yes, I remember. Just we were just like what, standing in the fucking back. Of the room, by the DJ booth. By the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. And Rudy introduced you were us. You are like, I'm a drag queen. And we are like, oh, really? I'm a drag queen, too. You should do drag wars. Oh, I am doing drag wars. Oh, my God, me, too. Yeah. It, was a, it was a lot of that. I think that we agreed it was to. Like, it was like maybe like the week or two before we fucking started. Before the photo shoot. Well, because our photo shoot was night one. Right. Well, that, yeah, that mm-hmm. was back. See, for those who don't know, like now, drag wars is much different because you have like the promo photos ahead. Like, they used to... She used to do videos. Yeah. And, like, all this pre-production shit. We, back during Cycle 3, we had to... And this was the last one, because Cycle 4 had all the promo shit, but we just had to, like, show up on the night of, bring two costumes. One was the one that we performed in, and the other was, like... For the photo shoot. Was for the photo shoot. And no one was supposed to know who was auditioning because it was supposed to be a big surprise. Yeah, Mimi did we not announce who was competing we in Drag Wars. To say, yeah, we were just supposed to like shh. Because the judges weren't supposed to know who was coming on stage because right. the judges had to pick their people. And the and judges Mimi didn't want were them to know who they Brooklyn were Ford, for. Lady Poison, and Ariana Von Moss. So Poison and Ariana had no idea where who they were. Who were all first time judges. Were, they had no idea where they were anyway, so no. it's fine. No, and and it's still my favorite story about Brooklyn peeing herself. I feel like it, it needs to be brought <laughs> up. She talked about that. On the I know, podcast. and I and I listen to the podcast. I listen to every single one, but I, and I love how it keeps getting brought up. And I feel like just this is I'm just checking I, that box for this. I podcast. had no idea that happened. I knew about um, Ariana thinking that she chose you and she chose she, the other black Dimash person. Galore. <laughs> 
<laughs> thinking that me, especially considering that when we auditioned for Drag Wars, I was I was rocking about like 280 pounds. Like I was you a are. big girl. You was a big and girl. And I that was before I had any idea what shapewear was. She was a big girl. She had about three leotards, and she worked those leotards. <laughs> like she, Mimi had us do uh, superhero training cards because that that was our theme <laughs> was. was superhero. So we had to give her all these little like. If you or if you're or what is what is your superhero accessory that you can never be seen without? And like my ass was like, I'm always in a leotard. <laughs> but like I had I did not own a single girdle. I did not own a single corset. I did not pad. And so what business did I have saying I had, that I was a leotard I had queen? One wig. I had a le- I had a fucking jumpsuit that I got from, uh, from Buffalo Buffalo Exchange. Remember when we used to just go to <laughs> Buffalo Exchange and search? See Aurora and I back when we were we were. Busted young ladies, we would go wig shopping mm-hmm. together out to the uh, to Upper Darby and at Hair Hair. Hair Shout out Hair. to Hair Shout Hair. Shout out to Hair Hair. And all of those wonderful I women still who help miss us. Those little Asian ladies. They're the nicest with their women. plastic surgery bandages wrapped around their heads. And they always give us a discount. Lying to you about what the cost of a wig is. You just walk around until you find someone who gives you the price that you want. Just making it up. She's like 40? 40? No. Nope. Okay, keep going. 30? 30? Nope. Luke, will you get Aurora another cocktail? Perfect. Thank you so much. Please. What she had? Uh, vodka soda. She or had she had a mule, but or we a, didn't have any. Or, or flavor or, soda. Uh, Blood orange or lemon? Blood orange. That sounds delicious. But yeah, I used to work um, at 20th and Market. Bev's day job, your day job, is mm-hmm. at is on market, market between 18th and 19th. Yep. So we used to get lunch very regularly together, uh-huh. and then we would go around and we would go shopping at Buffalo Exchange, <laughs> and you found... <laughs> That jumpsuit that you wore in your promo photo at oh Buffalo God. Exchange. Back, I used to buy off the fucking rack. Oh, we used to love a Buffalo Exchange find. Oh, God. <laughs> Many a tacky shoe. Many a tacky shoe. I, I started the Pilgrim shoe trend of Drag Wars. That was I, back when you could get good drag shit from, from, from um, Buffalo Exchange. You would find a good sequin moo-moo. Oh, yeah. Now it's all hipster nonsense. It's just like, oh, look, it's a flowy peasant top for mm. 80 dollars at a consignment shop no i know like what is that you used to get yourself a good sequined steve madden (laughs) shoe with a with a nice uh sequined poncho times were so much simpler back Back, then back when we was young and back when we was young and beautiful but you we we you went you went pretty fucking far i mean we were both went to the finale we did you remember all that drama uh you remember all that drama involving me and all of the rumors that came around i'll have the other rest of that thank you um, so Bev and I both made it very far. We made it to top four. Um, it, well, we made it to top five. Top five was you, Jaja, me, Melanie, and Iris. Correct. Um, and the week before the semi, all Philadelphia fucking like heavyweights now. Now in our in our own before right. we were just a bunch of queens. Right. Um, but it was the semifinals. Going into the finals, the bottom three was myself. Iris and Jaja. Um, and uh, somehow when we get to finale night, uh, Mimi announced that I won the online vote <laughs> from all so of wait, the Facebook messages. So we had to do, so yeah. So this was back when. Um, well, no, I mean the drama about the online voting. Because you remember all that drama about the online voting? Oh, with Melanie? Yeah, everyone said, so that was the thing. So I won the online vote. Meaning that Iris and Jaja had to lip sync against each other to Survivor by Destiny's Child. Jaja and won. I was upstairs. Me and Melanie were both safe, and we were upstairs on the balcony watching what happens. And you got safe, 
And Melanie turns. Melanie turns around and says just to to the air, well, that worked. <laughs> and just walks away. I, mean, I was like, this bitch is fucking cutthroat. And so everyone. She like, got everyone to vote for you. And that's what everyone said. And like, that's the, 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 everyone was saying that Melanie was campaigning to get people to vote for me because I was less competition for the crown. No, I don't even think that's what it was. She wanted Iris or Zsa knocked out. You just happened to be the yeah, other person. Because I was less competitive. Well, I mean, like, just, I mean, it doesn't matter. It wasn't a jab against me. Right. Like, that's no, what no, I mean. No. It wasn't a jab against it me. It was she wanted the two biggest and so threats. People started all of these rumors. People said that she was at her school and she was going from computer to computer to computer to computer and just casting votes for Aurora Horealis for the online vote. Because that, that was, was before, back in the day. It was back before texting. Mimi just used to do a Google poll. Right. And so you didn't, you could vote multiple times on the same computer on a Google poll because it didn't yeah, track you. And then you. Ariel Versace ruined that when her dad cheated and gave her 900,000 votes. Whoopsie. Shout out to Ariel Versace. And so uh, I remember that a lot of people were really pissed at me that night that I got saved. Um, but it was also really awkward that I got saved because part of our finale challenge was that we had to put somebody who didn't do drag into drag and we had to do a 30 second number with them. Oh, I remember. Um, and I couldn't find anyone. I had just moved to Philly, it, like, within the last, like, six, eight months, and I didn't have, like, friends like that that I could, like, call on. Like, the only friend that I had was Mercedes Monroe Cassidy. And shout out to Mercedes, who helped me through Drag Wars, and I wouldn't have gotten through Drag Wars if it weren't I'll, for Mercedes. I don't care for her. I love Mercedes, <laughs> and I will always love Mercedes, and I will always defend her. She is a wonderful human being, um, and I hope that she's having a great life in Germany, because I love her. Oh, she's um, in Germany now? Yeah, she lives in Germany, girl. She's, like, doing it. Um, but she was my only friend and I had asked Mimi, I was like, can I just put Mercedes in drag? And like, she does a number with me and Mimi was like, mm, no. So I showed up to Drag Wars without a person to put in drag. So like, I won the, I won the online vote. Then Iris and Jaja had to lip sync against each other. And then that meant that Melanie and I had to lip sync against each other after that, um, to figure out the top three. Um, because after... Iris got eliminated. It was Jaja, you, Melanie, and me. So then we had to figure out who was going to be the top three. So Melanie and I lip synced to Gypsy by Lady Gaga. I don't remember uh, that. A lot of people still, uh, a lot, and by a lot of people, I mean Connor Michael Chuck. <laughs> Connor <laughs> well, Michael Chuck well, likes he is, the, a, he is a lot of person. Occasionally <laughs> still bring up Gypsy to Shout me. Shout out to Connor Michael Chuck. I think at least once a year, Connor tells me that I should add Gypsy to like my repertoire of like song numbers that I do. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Like, you know, Gypsy's a great song. I brought out the Alaska flag while I performed it. I did a split. I did a reveal from a gown to a leotard. <laughs> Perfect. Without any shape. I was still very male-bodied. Um, but uh, that lip was, sync was, was tough because time. after that lip sync was the, the makeover challenge. And I didn't have anybody made over. And so I'm not saying that had I have had somebody made over that the, the outcome could have been different. But it could have been. Right. I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know if I was eliminated because I didn't have someone or if I was eliminated because I really deserved to go home. Um, but I ended up getting fourth um, in Drag Wars. But uh, that was when Mimi made, like, the really emotional speech to me when she eliminated me. She was, like, she said all these things about, like, how much she thought that I grew in the competition. Definitely. And how much she thought that I was a really nice person and that I was very genuine. And that was when she created the Valentine Award. So she created the Valentine Award for me. So it was named for Emily Valentine, but I was the first recipient oh. of the Valentine Award. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Fourth place and a Valentine. Still got a crown. Still got a crown. 
And then we were both, I lost, you lost. We both lost. We both came back. We were both compete. licking our wounds. Right. And I'm pretty sure that we had a conversation about it like, that you were like, I'm going to do All Stars. And I was like, fuck that, I'm not doing it. And then like two days later, I was like, so I think I want to do All Stars. I think we both were like, I'm not doing that. We were both and so we, tired. And then we both did it. So tired from all of those weeks. And then literally, yeah. the, time, the time between like Cycle 3 and All-Stars right was literally like after. two or three weeks. Yeah. It was very, very short. And yeah. then we both jumped. I jumped. I agreed to do All-Stars. I think it was like the day before the night All-Stars started. Mm. I was the last addition to All-Stars 2. So then we went through All-Stars. Or All-Stars like 1. one. All-Stars 1. With... Um, Iris, Aloe, Maria, Ann Artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, all these memories Emily, is coming back. Emily Valentine. <laughs> um, who else is in? Oh, God. Who were, the, who were the first few eliminated? Scarlet Blue. Wait, can we revisit some of the people that were eliminated in Cycle 3? Sure. Like, do you remember Shannon Shaconi? <laughs> <laughs> you mean Philadelphia's number one Madonna impersonator, Shannon yes. Shaconi? Yep. Scarlet Snark in this current cycle of Drag Wars reminds me so much of Shannon Shaconi. Um, you remember Shannon, how she kept saying like backstage that she was, she was straight? Yes. That was like that was like her thing. <laughs> uh, but, but I won't forget it was it was after the audition night. It was the first official night of the competition. We had the girl groups challenge. I was team Brooklyn along with Melanie Nikki Nikki Sticks, um, who was still Nikki Sticks at the time. Um, Paige uh, Demont. No, Paige she wasn't was on my team. Oh, I thought she was. Um, it was Nikki Sticks, uh, Sakura, Mary, uh, Sakura, Allure, Mary, Mary. Married tonight. She wasn't in our cycle. She wasn't cycle three. She was. No, she wasn't. For about two to three. Oh, before she went to jail. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> that was the thing. And when Ooh. she came back for All Stars, she did that jail number. Uh-huh. That was amazing. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, she Shout was. Shout out to Married tonight. <laughs> so we had our girl group challenge, and we had. But bad- she was on your team, right? I don't think so. I thought she was. Uh, but we had Bad Girl by Danity Kane. Oh, I'm thinking you were on the Jaiho team. Oh, no, we weren't Jaiho. We were Bad Girl. We okay. had the lasers. We were wings. Uh, and I remember Shannon Shaconi put so much hairspray in her hair that it transformed from a synthetic wig into a full-blown, like, wartime helmet like it did not move we had a lot of hair flips in our choreography and like going forward and every single time it was just like the most plastic like helmet that just like would not move and she she was so nervous yeah about going on stage that she just like her security was that can of hairspray and she just kept well, going she was the one i forget what number it was because she this for those who are unfamiliar with what we're talking about she built herself as like a madonna impersonator and she did uh the the time goes by uh-huh. so slowly number in the pink leotard but it was just testicle it, like one ball was just hanging out the side of the leotard and she came out and god bless her heart she was doing the choreography from start to finish but everyone in the audience was just like Ball. Look at the ball. There's a ball right there. Yeah, bless her heart. We had some some good ones in our cycle. Siani Famous. Oh, 
I will not forget the time, the, the audition night when she she flipped off of the Trans stage. Trans superstar, into famous. into still, a she split. She works out in uh, out at the Raven. Does she? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I hope so, because she's a, she is a phenomenal performer. Yeah. She can fucking move. She just didn't give a fuck about the competition. She did not give a fuck about the competition. She did not give a fuck about anybody in the competition. She was yeah. nice. She was cordial to me. She was nice yeah. to me, and I can always I can always rest on that. But yeah, That's we had back some... when I was ugly bev with one wigs, and no one none, none of the pretty girls gave me the fucking time of day. <laughs> I was gonna say I did, but I wasn't one of the pretty girls. <laughs> now I've just, now, I've, now I'm still ugly, but I've just gotten better hair. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Your makeup has come so far from from the garage doors that we used to do for Drag Wars, girl. <laughs> exactly. Yes, we've, we've come a long I've way. I've gone from five minutes getting ready to 45 minutes getting ready. Thank oh, you so you've much. upgraded from 15. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so after Drag Wars, um, you you continue to work steadily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I really wanted to just... You know, people say when they get eliminated from these competitions, like, this isn't the last that you'll see of me. But every time I see people say that, I'm like, yeah, it is. Um, And I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the case for me. So I wanted to continue to work. Um, I ended up, um, I had a show, a monthly show with Josh um, at the Victoria Free House. That was Mm -hmm. Queen. You were in that. Mm -hmm. You were a regular cast member of that. It was me, you, Gemini, Gemini Rose. And then... Who I think is pregnant. Shut the fuck up! Really? Saw it on Instagram. He said today, isn't Gemini she, Rose Gemini is pregnant? Rose pregnant? Apparently. Last photo shoot on Instagram, she's got full belly. She said maternity shot. That's what it said. Oh my god! Shout out to Gemini if you're listening. Congratulations on the baby. I want to see how fucking gorgeous that kid is. She's so pretty. Effie, calm the fuck down. All right, girl. Sorry. Um, Our dogs are here. So one we have one that. of them has seizures. If she gets too excited, so we have to we have to yell at her if she gets too excited. I competed in Miss Everything. Um, you know, I oh when I was eliminated from Drag Wars the first time and I got the Valentine Award, Mimi also created a quote unquote internship, a dollhouse <laughs> internship. <laughs> Do you never happened. <laughs> Do you remember? And that? it never happened. It never happened. Well, I lived in Maniunk at the time, and it wasn't easy for me to get to and from the city because every time I did Drag Wars, I had to stay. I had to spend the night at a coworker's house. Um, on her couch and then I had to wake up at 6 in the morning to wash all the drag off my face and then go to my day yeah. job um, and so and when, that's when it was on what Tuesday nights it wasn't on Thursdays it was on Tuesday nights because ours Thursdays was the worst. Were still dollhouse ours was the worst it was yeah. Tuesday nights and then dollhouse was Thursday so Mimi offered me a dollhouse internship basically an unpaid gig at dollhouse but it would be a chance for me to quote unquote learn from the other girls um, and they were really excited about me to do it I was excited about doing it but I just couldn't make it work logistically so it never really happened um, but but I, you know, I continued to work and, and I, I continued to, to really just kind of be out there. I got a lot of gigs with you. You know, you put me in Bitch Fest a lot. You put, you started putting me in See You in Hell, yeah. um, which is where I started making, I know, I which is where I originally started making white people uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and this then it bitch, became my shtick. This bitch does a Trayvon Martin number. Did. I did, did once. One time. But it's still good. You could still do it again. I could still do it again. It's funny and it's thought provoking. <laughs> thought provoking. You, I do, think that, wear, that you is, do wear a gray hoodie and carry an Arizona iced tea. That is that is that is a hyphenate, that is a compound word that would accurately describe my drag. Thought, thought provoking. provoking. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thought. They're not always good thoughts. It is a good thought. But it, thought. it's a thought nonetheless. Sure. But yeah, I mean I've give done things. The, give it up for our studio audience, Luke. I've done things like Trayvon Martin. I my roots number is one of my favorites. <laughs> Your roots number is amazing. Uh, I, I've done numbers about the N-word, multiple numbers about the N-word. Yes. I've done multiple numbers about uh, females' periods, menstruation. 
Uh, I did that number about fat people that did not go over very well <laughs> at all. No, no, uh, that was actually a really hard lip sync and much harder than I thought that it was going to be. Um, that, so there's a, there's a few different things. I do like to, uh, you know, if, if you ask me my aesthetic in drag, my aesthetic is make white people uncomfortable. Perfect. So now let's fast forward. So you have your own, you have your show at Taboo now mm-hmm. called... Baked Alaska. Which is about what? It's about marijuana. It is Philadelphia's only marijuana-themed drag show. I I also appreciate that that's kind of become my shtick since I've been, like, performing more regularly in Philly. Like, usually when people see me, they're like, Ruby, are you stoned? And I'm like, yeah, girl, I'm stoned. I got (laughs) I'm here. Uh, So they get it. And so I wanted to, you know, I was talking to Taboo about doing a show. I wanted to do a small cast show um, and really highlight this pocket of things because I'm usually the stoned queen at the show. Um, I'm usually very spacey, very absent-minded, um, usually late, um, but it's nice to have a show where it's everybody um, and not just me. So it is myself and Lily St. Queer every time, um, and then we add a special guest. And so I love a three-queen show. It's very simple, straightforward. Right. Um, you get a lot of interaction with the audience, a lot of banter, a lot of games, um, and all the numbers that we do are about drugs um, or about getting stoned. Um, and so our next one is actually coming up on September 29th. Um, and I haven't announced this yet, so I guess this could be the first... This is your announcement, girl. This is, an ex- this is a Bevelations exclusive. We got a, we got a hot tip. Um, on September 29th, at Taboo Lunch and Sports Bar. No cover is Baked Alaska, The Return, um, featuring myself and Lily St. Queer. And our guest this time is um, the amazingly talented, um, uh, very uh, outspoken, uh, Maria Topcat. Oh! Maria Topcat. She does love herself a marijuana uh, cigarette as well. So she does. She's my good Judy. Every time I see her, she's like, Hey, hey, hon. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. Hey, hon. How you doing? Listen, pause now and listen to our full interview with Miss Maria Topcat. And it's really just 50 minutes of, Hey, hon. Hey, 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 hey. hey, 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 hey lots hey, of yelling. Hey, lots of yelling. I got lots of opinions. So Lily and I are stoked to have Maria. Um, there might be some choreography in this show. I'm sure there will be. And we will be Couple very stoned, so it changes. will be interesting to see how well Couple we can do that. Couple pot of bourrées, kickball changes. Maria and I are also working on a, a, a fun number for just the two of us. Oh, fun. All right, well, this is the portion of our show. I call it 20 Questions, a.k.a. only about four or five. Work. So what is your favorite drag memory? Um... I could would be a number, could be an experience, could be a fun story. As, 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 as stressful as it was, I mean, I really do think that, you know, if it's a Philly drag memory... Um, it, the, could be, it could be anywhere. Um, when, the night that I was eliminated from drag, or cycle three, um, I got to, you know, Mimi eliminated me, she gave me the Valentine Award, she said, Aurora, I really still want you to do your number, your finale number, you've prepared it, still do it. Um, that was a really emotional number for me. Um, I did Big White Room by Jesse J. Mm-hmm. Um, I took, you know, I've spent a lot of my life dealing with body image issues, with self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. You know, Aurora Horialis in a lot of ways was born out of body image and self-esteem issues um, and a way for me to get attention from people when I felt like I couldn't get it as Antonio. Um, and so for me, doing Big White Room, I took a, a white paint and I wrote all of the horrible words that people have said to me over my life. You know, people call me fat, people call me a faggot, people have called me 
loud, obnoxious, ugly, stupid, retarded, all of these things. And so I wrote them all over my body, um, and I was able to perform this number, which was really emotional for me. Um, and Fifi, Fifi was a guest judge for uh, the oh, finale. that's right. Um, but she came up and tipped Fifi me. Um, yeah. And she told me afterwards that she thought that it was really emotional. She thanked me for doing that number. Um, and so for where I was in drag at that time, it really meant a lot to me. And so it's still a, an experience that really stands out to me as, as one of my favorite experiences oh, wow. in drag. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. If you search for, for Aurora Horealis at Big White Room. Well, we haven't even up. talked about your fitness journey. Because yeah, she's a skinny mini sitting here on my couch right now. <laughs> it's, it's been a long journey. <laughs> well, talk to us about it. So you've lost how much? Um, from about like a little over a year ago, um, I am about 90 pounds lighter. Yes! <laughs> and that's just through... Diet and exercise. Diet and it's exercise. Not through, not through surgery. No, no. surgery. Nothing. No, you know, excursions you the, to Mexico. You did, whole, you did the Whole30. <laughs> I did the Whole30 twice. So the Whole30 is... I actually legitimately thought about doing that, but you're, this is so bad. And I, my mother listens to this, so I shouldn't even say this. You know why I couldn't commit to it? Couldn't give up alcohol. <laughs> it's hard. It's, I cannot get... I work too much. I cannot get through a fucking gig. The only way Stone that I, sober. you know, if I'm being honest, the only way that I really got through it both times marijuana. was marijuana. Yeah. I was stoned all the time. And I, I learned a way to control my munchies. So I didn't, like, I got munchies still, but I was able to just, like, ignore them. And that really got me through. As long as I was under some influence, I was okay. But if I couldn't I smoke I and I smoke. couldn't drink, it would have been impossible. I don't mind impossible. an edible, but I can't smoke it. Oh, I know you don't mind an edible, Bev. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, you call me bad bitch? I'm no, no, I'm more referencing that time that I made you eat that edible. And we were at Tavern, and you were like, I have to go home. I have to go home right now. The room is spinning. Aurora, take me home. And I took you home. And I so I know you love an edible. Uh, a while ago. This, this was three years, years, ago. years ago. Three or four years ago. Yeah. This is a while ago. Yeah. Bev and I have some... We, we've, uh, got, we've got plenty of brunch stories. We've got plenty, <laughs> plenty of happy hour stories. We've got a lot of stories. that we If do. we sat, we could talk for we hours. Do. I know. Um, We're already up yeah, to fucking 40 minutes. The fitness journey has been really great. So I did the Whole30 twice. I did it in April and I did it in June. Um, no alcohol, no sugar, no grains, no yeah. soy, no sweeteners. Um, only focusing on meats, fats, uh, fruits, and vegetables. Um, and so the first time that I did it, I lost 15 pounds. The second time that I did it, I lost, uh, I think, 12. Um, but I've just been, like, consistently losing weight since then. Um, I go to the gym, like, three, I try to go at least three days a week. Um, I also started running within the last few months. Um, I did the Tough Mudder um, back in May, um, which was 10 miles um, through 24 obstacles that involved mud. Um, and teamwork um, that was really hard. It took us five hours to complete, um, and it was uh, uh, probably one of the most challenging things that I've ever done physically, but it was one of the things that made me feel just absolutely amazing. So this fitness thing is, is, is new-ish. You know, it's something that's been percolating for like the last year and a half, but it makes me really happy. Um, and Good for you, bitch. Being 185, you know, after I, I, I like any, if you ever told me that like I could be 200 pounds, I would have laughed in your face and I would have just like walked away and probably never spoken to you again because I never thought that that was ever possible. And, you know, here I am 15 pounds lighter than I ever thought that I could be. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. It, it feels really good. I feel, I feel very, very happy. I'm looking for you, bitch. Sit, she sits there drinking her little skinny cocktail. <laughs> my, my vodka soda. Little skinny cocktail. 
So not to so now we're going back to trivial, 20 questions. trivial shit. Uh-huh. So back to twenty <laughs> questions. That was the best experience. Trivial and it kinda, shit. You know. So on the other opposite end of the spectrum, what's your most embarrassing? Oh, there's so memory. many, and there's so many. And, number, and, and you were there for so many of I them know. too, and so you've witnessed. Um, I would probably say that one of my more embarrassing number or more embarrassing experiences in drag. Uh, was it, again going back to Drag Wars Cycle Three. I don't. I, and every time I listen to the podcast and people like always go back to Drag Wars, I'm like, wow, they really focus on Drag Wars. But like here I am <laughs> focusing on Drag Wars. But Broadway Week, um, I picked Hairspray because Hairspray was my favorite musical, um, and I wanted to be different. I wanted to take a risk, and so instead of just oh, doing Motor face. Mouth Maybell like you I should have, um, I, I decided remember. that I wanted to do a number as Edna, Edna Turnblad. And I did whiteface, or what I had, what I wanted to be whiteface. So I took a peach Meron foundation stick. I put it all over my face. I put it all over my arms, and I wore white girl tights. And I tried to do a number as Edna Turnblad, and it failed miserably. If it's not that, then it's Drag Wars All Stars, also Broadway week, when I took Frozen, um, and for the runway I dressed up as Count or as Olaf, but I couldn't afford an actual snowman costume, so I bought the cheapest white off-white sheets that I could find at Burlington and I stapled or I safety pinned them to my body which did not work at all and like when Mimi was giving the critiques she was like Aurora I think you know that that costume is not good and so I don't really need to like talk about why it's bad I feel like you just know that it's just really bad and it was so that was those those two moments Broadway just doesn't do well for me um in drag wars or in competition so those are probably my my most embarrassing Avoid Broadway. Avoid Broadway at all costs, girl. It's a lot. So then what advice do you have as an experienced, as a lady of a certain age, as an experienced <laughs> queen, what advice do you have for uh, a fledgling draggling that might be listening to this podcast? Don't give up. Um, don't stop. Um, be pers- Don't stop. Believe in. Copyright and trademark infringement. <laughs> um, just persist. You know, the thing about drag and the thing about nightlife and entertainment is that entertainment changes every single day um and what's popular now isn't always going to be popular tomorrow um and even and what's not popular today might be really popular in a few weeks um and so anybody who is like starting drag you know stick with it you know you're gonna look busted you're gonna look ugly yeah you're not gonna look as good as everybody else your number your your mixes are gonna be shitty you know they're not gonna the levels aren't gonna be right you know you're perform. you're gonna miss cues you're gonna fuck up it's gonna happen but keep doing it because you have to fuck up in order to be great um and so the advice that i have is just don't stop doing drag just because somebody says something negative to you in person or online um fuck those people who say negative things online all of them um know that you're amazing and know that regardless of what anybody has to say to you that you 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 is kind you is smart you is important um and also like i mean i'm know that i'm a fan like i'm a fan of anybody who has the gall the gumption, the balls to get on stage and move their mouths or attempt to move their mouths to other people's music. I, that takes guts, um, and, and I applaud that every single time. So you might not be the best at it, but I support you doing it. Um, and there are lots of people in this city who support all of the people doing it. So don't stop doing it. Don't start to feel insecure just because some assholes have something nasty to say about you. Damn right. People are always going to have something nasty to say about you. And you can either entertain it or you can soar above it. And you should soar above it. 
So, and final question. What are your pet peeves <sighs> when it comes to just just the performance community as a whole? Um, I think a lot of times when people get so concerned with what other people are doing, yeah. that really pisses me off. So, like, when people get a lot of flack for doing something, um, when people get ganged up on in person or online, um, when people feel like they have the authority, the ability to police another person in their decisions. Um, PC police. I might not agree with what it is that you did, but I respect your right to do it. Right. Um, I would love to have a conversation with you about why that was problematic um, or about why that was, or how that could have been executed or delivered better. Right. But I'm not about the finger pointing. I'm not about the name calling. I'm not about the, the any of that. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, I sit at work every day and I read all of the Facebook drama and I just smack my face, like face palm, all over and over and over again. Because yeah. it's so many people who really just, like, stay in your lane Are and so find a way to... about what someone else is doing. Find a way to have productive conversations in the community. Right. We can have productive conversations. There's not just one way to do it, and attacking people is definitely not the way to do it. Yeah. If you really care about someone, um, be a friend. Um, and I've, I've, that's what I've tried to do through all of this drama that has happened in the city. Name it. And I've, that's been my approach. Be a friend. Um, be the person that you think you would need in that situation. True. Um, Very true. And if you live by that principle, then you'll have a much happier life. I know it. Very true. Well, Miss Aurora, as we're winding down here, we've been talking for 45 fucking minutes. Holy shit. So, um, anything else you'd like to plug? Any final words? Um, every single Monday at Taboo, um, out of drag, I host Trivia's. It is the gayest yes. trivia in the gayborhood. It also is the best trivia prizes in the gayborhood. Um, you can compete in teams of up to five. Um, and the third place team gets $25. The second place team gets 50 And the first place team gets their entire tab covered by the bar. Um, that's food and alcohol. Um, up to $100. Uh, up to a certain amount. There's a disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, girl, you're, you're still paying for my alcoholism, and that's what really counts. Um, August, when is this coming out? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, August 1st. Um, I am going to be in Transformation Tuesday um, at Taboo, no cover, hosted by Zafira Rivers, who is killing it in Drag Wars right now. Um, that's going to be with myself um, and with Onyx on Dicks. Um, and then somebody else whose name I can't remember right now. Um, August 5th, also at Taboo, um, I will be performing with Kitty Devereaux. She's putting together Drunk Shakespeare. Nice. Um, that Drunk Shakespeare is going to be happening with myself, Sutton Fierce, um, Samantha, yes. Samantha Genesis, Christian Mingle, um, and Kitty Devereaux, and a few other surprises. But we're going to be actually reading from Shakespeare, um, and Kitty is trying really hard to get us hammered um, before we do it. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so that is uh, August Saturday, August 5th at Taboo. Perfect. Well, you've been a delight as always. Thank you. I it's love you. It's lovely being here. I love you. All We've right. got so much history. I like I all of these memories are coming back now. Yep. It's all coming. As, as the wise prophet Celine Dion <laughs> said, it's all coming back. I, it's all coming back to me now. I see it. There were moments of gold. There were flashes of light. <laughs> all right. Good night, kids. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so that was our episode with my favorite idiot gal pal, Miss Aurora. She's 
hilarious, and she's disappearing before my very eyes because she's a skinny fucking bitch. So as I was saying in the beginning of the episode, we are going to be taking a little break for August. We'll be back in September. During that time, I want you to send me messages on my Instagram at it's bevbitch. You can DM me or you can comment on any of the Bevelations related posts. Let me know who you think I should be interviewing when we come back in the fall. Uh, I've got some ideas planned for some ways to switch things up a little bit that I'm gonna surprise you bitches with when I when it comes back. And you can find me on Facebook under my Bev page or my boy page, Drew Bev Gaver. And I will see you kids next week. Bye.